From Storage News, my name's Brian Locke, and this is my podcast where I interview storage industry professionals and thought leaders. Today, it's a pleasure to be joined by Don Clausen. During the last 28 years, Don has developed, acquired, and managed self-storage and multifamily housing properties in California, Texas, Colorado, and Kansas City. Even though the company has grown from 20 to 155 team members across four states, Clausen makes a point to visit every single storage facility multiple times a year and have a half a dozen face-to-face conversations with every team member. Clausen's career is characterized by the hands-on personal approach he brings to every project. His ability to communicate at a high level with anyone from any background, as well as the loyalty he inspires in his team. From his first job as a construction laborer to the hundreds of millions of dollars he transacted as a broker, to today as a chief executive officer. Clausen has truly built a career in commercial real estate from the ground up. I don't think I'm alone when I say it's a pleasure to speak with Don. He brings a warmth and a knowledge to the conversation that makes you want to just sit back, listen, and learn. It's clear that he's very passionate about storage but it's also equally clear that he's passionate about people and the fact that people make up and drive your business. We talk about a lot of things, but it continues to come back to those basic points. I think this interview is going to be beneficial for everyone, but especially those that are interested in understanding or elevating the culture in their business. I can't wait for you guys to take a listen. But before we get started, here's a word from our sponsor, Store Local Co-op. It gets tougher and tougher every day for the independent storage operator. Operational challenges arise in our business and problems develop that need to be solved immediately. Wouldn't it be great to know you are part of a group that has likely addressed these issues already? The Store Local Cooperative is the self-storage industry's only group of exclusively independent, small, mid-sized, and large owner-operators. As a co-op, the members have seen and dealt with most of the problems you're going to deal with on a day-to-day basis. The members are happy to help one another out through the network of over 140 member companies across the United States and Canada. To find out more about joining the collective, visit www.selfstorage.coop. If you've got a problem, the co-op can fix it. And now, our guest. So can you introduce yourself and talk a little bit about what you do? My name's Don Clausen. I'm the CEO of Strat Property Management, Inc. And we own and operate self-storage facilities. We primarily are in Southern California and in San Antonio, Texas. But we're also located in beautiful Texarkana, 
and in Loveland, Colorado, just outside of Denver. And how did you get into the storage business? Just really, really lucky. I actually got in the storage business from entering into the commercial real estate business and wanted to sell commercial real estate. And the firm that I went to said that you need to specialize in a property type. And there are a lot of people who specialized in apartments and retail centers and medical office and regular office. And there was uh, nobody that specialized in self-storage. And let me take that back. There was nobody in that firm that specialized in self-storage at that time. Mm -hmm. There's a uh, good friend that's still in the business to this day, Dean Keller, who was uh, specialized in the self-storage sales and brokerage. So anyway, I had the just, again, good fortune, luck, a a blessing that uh, somebody that I knew was a receiver. And by the way, let me give you some data. This is 1992. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Some people might say that that could have been the worst time to be in the real estate business. For me, it was the best time because our clients were all banks or or the RTC or, you know, there were unfortunate sales taking place, but they had to sell. So anyway, I had the opportunity to list two self-storage facilities through a relationship. And I went down, um, I I co-listed those with a broker who reportedly specialized in the self-storage business because he had sold three or four others, which uh, at that time made uh, made you a specialist, I guess. And I had co-listed those those facilities with him. I went down to show them for the first time. Back then, we uh, put an ad in major newspapers and, and of course, the self-storage magazines, the SSA, and we advertised. But anyway, I went down to show the self-storage facilities, and this buyer, particular buyer, asked me a series of questions. And the first answer was, I don't know. I'll have to get back with you. And everyone was followed up with that same answer. And I left that meeting so humiliated and so embarrassed that I said, I will, I am going to learn everything about this business from the ground up. I just, just entrenched myself in the business. And I did. I went back to uh, another friend who owned a self-storage facility and literally asked him if I'd work at a self-storage facility. I don't want, I don't want to get paid, but I want to work there to see how it works behind the desk. Um, I, I got really involved with the self-storage association, which has been an amazing ride ever since. Uh, I went to anything that had a seminar, a a meeting that had the word self-storage or mini-storage or storage in it, I attended it. I met with anybody who would talk to me about self-storage, and I learned everything I could. We ended up selling both of those self-storage facilities and then listing 
several thereafter and had a pretty good brokerage career in, in specializing in the self-storage business. Um, but I wanted, I, I, I wanted more, and I wanted to get into the, the management of self-storage because I noticed that there were these big swings in the different ways that they were operated. You know, it was sometimes uh, it was somebody could operate a self-storage facility for 28 to 32 percent, and we were seeing others that were operated at 40 or 50 percent. And I'm talking about similar self-storage facilities, and I wanted to find out what the difference was. And by this time, I had looked at literally several hundred, if not a thousand, self-storage facility operating reports. And so I was on my own brokering self-storage facilities. I was fortunate enough to buy into a company that had five or six self-storage facilities that we managed. And then the next big step was just, I just wanted to own a self-storage facility. I thought that if you could, you know, broker and manage and own a self-storage facility, that life probably couldn't get any better. Um, mm-hmm. So <laughs> all of those things did happen, and they really came true. Uh, well, what I found out is that, that we really didn't like doing third-party management, although today we still we, we, we have um, 60 self-storage facilities, mm-hmm. and out of those 60, four of them are third-party managed. And those are the same four that have been with us the entire time we've been in business for 20 years. You know, we just, yeah, we can't, you know, we hope to... Someday buy them, maybe, or that uh, they'll move on. But we're certainly not going to ask them to leave. We're just uh, they've been good to us, and we'll be good to them. So we treat them like they like they're our own, and like we own them, and we run them as best as possible. Um, so, other than that, our self storage facilities fly under two different flags. In California, we uh, operate under Stacks Up, which is S T A X Up. And then every place else, um, which is really only two places, right, <laughs> in Colorado, we, we operate under lockaway self-storage. And no, I realize seems... that was really long-winded, so I apologize. No, no, it, it's great. It's great. It seems like you have, you know, incredible experience across the board doing everything, mm. storage. What do you think the the most important determining factors are in attracting new customers? <laughs> well, it would be to, to make sure that you, uh, you're you careful on who you're taking advice from. <laughs> uh, I, I will be uh, happy to give you, <laughs> you know, to be determined, right? Uh, yeah. But I think that my advice to attracting a good self-storage customer is, to be involved in your community, to really care about your customers. You know, we all provide pretty much the same product, although some of them obviously look much nicer than others. But when it really gets down to it, we're, we're selling a place for people to store their, their valued items and that they care enough about that they need to keep in storage. And boy, are we grateful for that. 
But what I think sets you apart is providing exceptional customer service and really getting involved in your communities. Um, you know, we certainly don't think just because we have 60 self-storage facilities, that makes us a big operator. That, uh, I never dreamed that we'd have that many, but we still like to think of ourselves as a small operator Mm-hmm. that has a little bit of scale so we can take advantage of some things. But one of the things we do take advantage of is making sure we give back to our community. It seems like people are really important. You mentioned community and customer mm. service and all that. That has to do with on-the-ground level people. What kind of culture do you try and create in your business? Well, it's, the culture that we try to create is one of... It is maybe an overused term, but it is really it's true for us. Is a, a, a true open door policy that you can come and talk to anybody about anything inside the company, because that was the follow up. The way that you attract those good customers is having exceptional people. So our culture to us is everything. It is what makes the difference, I think, in, in who we are. So to be more specific is that, you know, STRAT, that, you know, our acronyms are, as yes, strengthen our communities and that we treat others the way they want to be treated. Represent with integrity, accomplish, and I'm doing air quotes, a wow, mm-hmm. and then take it to the next level and so that's our culture in a nutshell. And if you can live that every day, you can make some great things happen. And we have this amazing team that goes out and really does practice our company commitment to those five areas I just talked about on a daily basis. And so we have these amazing team members, these amazing managers assistant managers, maintenance team that all work together to provide this sense of community that I continue to talk about. And then they go out and they go and provide that to our customers. It's, it sounds like it's a, you know, it's applicable to everyday life. It's a life motto as much as it is a business <laughs> motto. And you, you know, thank you for saying that. It's uh, one of the things that we talk about on a pretty regular basis. That this is, um, that this is a, um, it's a pretty cool way to run a business. But if you just actually operate, if you just ran your life this way, I'd be, we'd be in a really good place. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm not pretending that I'm like some guru or or, or some really smart. Uh, philosophical person, we actually put this together as a team, so I don't even get credit for it. This all mm-hmm. came from us sitting at a team meeting when we were much smaller saying, hey, who who are we and what do we want to be? And so, yes, thank you for recognizing that this is a pretty good way to live a life, too. Of course. Now, this, this next question gets asked a lot. Where mm-hmm. do you think the opportunities are in storage right now, and how do you capitalize capitalize mm-hmm. on those opportunities? My gosh. Well, sadly, I think that the opportunities are going to 
um, come from some other people's pain. Um, you know, you, you, you gently put it, but I, I just going to come right out and say it, and, and this might be heard by some of my fellow brothers who I have so much, I and mean, sisters that I have so much respect for in this industry, um, that uh, they might differ. But I just say that we're flat over built. And, you know, that's a, sounds like a very global statement for a very micro business, and that's true. And so that doesn't mean that every pocket is overbuilt, every pocket's going to be hurt. But I can assure you that there's not many areas that are not on their way to or are already overbuilt. And when that happens, the knee-jerk reaction for us operators is to start lowering the cost to do business with us. So we're going to come up with more aggressive specials, and that's going to lower our NOI. We're going to reduce our rates. That's going to lower our NOI. As people move out to acquire those new customers, is going to increase. So our expenses are going to that's going to lower our NOI. So we're kind of in a perfect storm for, unfortunately, a little bit of a downturn. And again, this might be a popular statement, and so if I've offended anybody, let me publicly apologize on your, on your podcast that <laughs> it was not my intention. And like I said, it's an opinion. Be careful who you take your, uh, your opinion from. So, uh, but mine is that um, the opportunity is probably going to lie in a, a facility that somebody opened up and said that they were going to build one. And you talked about looking at building 100,000 feet. just didn't work. Now, I think that there's a lot of people who have gone out and built self-storage facilities in places that just don't work. And in the place where they do work, that they didn't build enough to take us to stabilization, we have just overbuilt those marketplaces. So I think what's going to happen is that when I broke ground on this, I underwrote it at a dollar forty rents or dollar sixty rents. And when I broke ground on this, I felt that it was going to take me, you know. 12 months to build it and two years to fill it up. And what happened is, and I was going to be able to build it for X and it really cost Y. Maybe some people came in at cost, but the bottom line is that there's going to be some inventory out there where they thought that they were going to be full in two years or, or at least stabilized, and they maybe are going to be at 40 or 50 or 60% occupancy. And the rates aren't going to be a dollar forty or fifty or sixty. You know, they might be drastically cut. They might be as low as a dollar a foot. Um, but that is going to create a position where construction loans are going to come due, or financing is going to come due, and the facility is not performing the way that you either perform with it or the way that it operated when you bought it. Because, again, the rents have gone down, the specials have gone up, the cost of acquiring customers have gone up, 
and so our NOIs are being are shrinking. Therefore, I think there might be some people who have just lost a good chunk of their equity or maybe all of their equity in the deal and they're going to go back and you know I think a bank's going to look at they can give you a loan for X and it might not be enough to pay off what you what you owe or it might it might not be enough for you to even want to stay in the game and you're just like I did all this all of this hard work I've spent my last 5 years dedicated to making this deal work and I have no equity in this just like give me give me out and so I think that there will be um, some more motivated sellers, kind of like there was back. I'm not saying that we're, uh, I don't want to date myself, but I've already told you 1992, I've lived through you know, that recession and change, and then you know, we did it again to ourselves in you know, 99, 2000, and then Certainly, the, the 2006 or seven, depending on who you talk to, was the longest and deepest mm-hmm. that we, you know, were, were beat up. Um, but then, boy, we came back with some some vengeance, and uh, we've had a heck of a run for the past, you know, five, six, six years or so, um, and it's going back the other way. So I'd say that there's probably opportunities out there for um, people to buy uh, an asset that will again perform at a high level and will again be have the opportunity to, to raise rates again and to start increasing the NOI. I just think that we could be a, a few years away from that. And yeah. I know for, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we could be. Depends on who you talk to. Whether it's three years or five years, I don't know what the number is. You know, maybe it's only a year or two, but uh, there's definitely a correction taking place. What role do you think technology is going to play or is playing in the future of storage? And how can an independent operator stay current with technology? Do you have any mm-hmm. a direction you can point them, any resources? You know, SSA, 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 right? To, you know, be involved with your National Self Storage Association and then and all your local self storage, the, 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 your state associations. There's groups out there that, um, you know, whether it's a store local who um, has tried to band together and has done a pretty doggone good job. And I mean, now disclose. I am one of the founding members of Store Local, so I'm not. Uh, this is not a commercial for them. It is a resource that is out there, though, um, and that that's where you're going to be informed of the technology and the changing. To, to answer your question, I, I technology is going to change so rapidly. I mean, we are probably the most underserved real estate class from a technology standpoint there is. And yet we are so much bigger than that real other real estate asset classes know about. And you know, when you take the 
the, the, the opportunities that are out there and can kind of overlay them into some newer thinking that um, the technology is going to be extremely important and it's going to play a big role. I think that over the last five years, technology has advanced more than it did truly in the prior 20 years. And I think that over the next two years, it's going to advance 10 times faster than it did over the last five years. So I don't know how to do that math, but I could probably figure it out real quick. Technology's here. It's coming. And it's going to get bigger, better, and stronger. And it's going to allow us a lot of great opportunities. Do you see any variation to the traditional storage model that you think could cause disruption? <laughs> um, sure, of course. There's um, uh, the, the question I ask myself is, how disruptive will it be? And so if you want to be more specific, if we're talking about the, you know, valley type of a storage or, you know, uh, a pods or a units or um, uh, other types of technology that might make storage change, yes, I think there's disruptors out there. Um, I do not think that it's going to be a significant impact on our business. Um, I think that self-storage is still the best of asset class to be in. Um, I mean, my gosh, we just are working through a pandemic. And here we are again. I don't know that any real estate class has held up better than, than self-storage. So... People are always going to need storage. They're always going to have these valuable gifts that they want to save. And they're going to need to store them someplace because it just doesn't fit in the garage any longer or they have too much stuff or there's things that people have to save or there's businesses that really need a place to store. So sorry to be long-winded again, but it's yes, there will be some disruption I think it will be somewhat minor. You've given us a lot of great information. If you could distill it down to three things, what would be the three keys to success in the storage industry? Be good. Be great to the people that oversee our sites for us and realize the tremendous value that they bring Take good care of your managers, your team members. Be patient and have the ability to hang in there through the tougher times because we will come back. And the third one is if you're going to build or add or do something to your self-storage facility that's going to impact the amount of inventory, please make sure it makes sense to build it or make the addition. Mm -hmm. don't, don't just build it because you got a great price on the land or my permit's going to run out. Have, have it make sense. So those would be my three. Well, 
thank you for taking the time to join. It's been a pleasure talking with you. I very much appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. It's been a pleasure talking with you also, and I hope that you have a great rest of the day, and I appreciate you allowing me to share some of my story with you. Fantastic. You have a great day, too. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to hear more interviews or subscribe, please visit www.storage.news. Have a great day.